This is Peak Earth. I'm Case Bradford. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with David Cumber. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with David. Sharp perspective on food sovereignty and raw milk, two topics I am passionate about. We dive into why small farms have been raided and farmers have been arrested, the healing benefits of raw milk and some of the potential risks. Also, how to source raw milk in your local area. David has written many books, including Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Food Rights and the Raw Milk Revolution, including many more books. I'll link all his work down below. If you'd like to check it out, I highly recommend doing so. This episode is sponsored by Raw Milk, the beautiful, pure, healing mana. This elixir of life has been an amazing enhancer of my quality of life. I'm very grateful to have discovered it and to be able to share its power within this conversation and have raw milk as a sponsor. Wow, I'm honored. You could find raw milk in your local area, hopefully, if it's legal. Use Get Raw Milk down below, plug in your zip code. And if it's illegal, maybe consider gathering a group of your community members and sign some petitions or something. You could, you could change that. That's the beauty of living in America. We, we can change these things. Without any more rambling for me, I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you. And I hope you enjoy this episode with David Gumper. How are you? Good. Excited to be connected with you. I recently listened to your book, The, the Raw Milk Answer Book, and I saw you also wrote a couple books, Raw Milk Revolution and one about food sovereignty as well. And absolutely fascinating topics of, of conversation and, and even just concepts in our society that, that we've seen these play out more and more as the health of our nation has been going downhill over the past few decades. And I believe that's linked in a big part to, to food sovereignty and raw milk is such a fascinating nexus point of this conversation. So I'm, I'm really excited that you took the chance to join me. Sure. I, my, my, my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. So how did, how did you get started down this path of writing about food sovereignty, raw milk, and it, it's been, it was a long time. You were way ahead of the, the way ahead of the game on, on raw milk. It's like starting <laughs> to get really popular now, but you've been writing about it for, for decades. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if it's decades, but it is probably, it is probably about, probably about 15 years. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I got into it, um, I guess for, for a couple of reasons, but one, I've always been interested in, in food and healthy food, um, just, you know, organic food for a long time. And, you know, the impact of food on health, which I'm, I'm convinced is, is pretty significant. Uh, but the other thing I, a reason I got into it was, um, I'm, I'm a journalist by training profession and, um, it's really part of my, part of my being. And, uh, I, I was, um, Back in 2006, I, I I don't know. I was just monitoring. Um, I'm not even sure what I was monitoring, but I, get, I was getting Google alerts, and one of them, I, I got a few alerts about um, farm uh, farms being raided in um, and farmers being arrested in Ohio and Michigan, and for for selling unpasteurized milk. When I really didn't know much about unpasteurized milk. And, um, but, uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I started looking around a little bit. I mean, I guess w- w- what concerned me as a, as a, you know, as a, 
uh, business journalist is why we're why were regulators? That's what, I mean. That's what these people are as regulators. Why were they uh, taking um, the time and energy to actually shut down farms and arrest farmers? Um, that's a pretty extreme step. I mean, as you know, from my point of view, that's uh, these these farmers are small businesses, and the regulators were shutting down businesses. And uh, arresting the owners, and that's um, that, I mean, I had worked, you know, I've worked for the Wall Street Journal and the Harvard Business Review, and and um, uh, and, and and Inc. Magazine. That just doesn't happen with um, you know in our in our society. Maybe in in uh, dictatorial societies, uh, it happens, uh, but um, you know, we have we 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 have the rule of law. And uh, um, so well, why was, and I hadn't read about, you know, people getting sick from, you know, raw dairy. So I, I just started, you know, I, I think I, 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 I called a couple of these farmers and just tried to figure out what was going on. And uh, anyway, I was writing at the time, uh, I was writing columns for Business Week. Which is now um, Bloomberg Business Week, I think it's called. And so I, 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 um, I asked them if I, you know, could write something about it. I said, yeah, that sounds interesting. So anyway, I wrote, I wrote about it, and then I wrote about it again, and I wrote about it again, <laughs> and I, 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 the same, and I, at the same time, I, I decided to kind of blog about it. I mean, it, blogs were new at that time, and. Um, but I said, you know, I really should kind of, um, do more than I can do for a business week where I could just do a, maybe a, you know, five or 600 word, uh, article. And that was the end because this, this stuff was, um, uh, there were, you know, there, there were, there were all kinds of issues around, uh, you know, once someone's arrested, then there's, um, uh, you know, um, just you know, are they going to be prosecuted? And how, I think is this a misdemeanor or or a um, uh, felony or, or you know what, what's you know what, so it becomes much it becomes more of an issue if you really want to kind of monitor what's going on it becomes more of an issue than you can do in a in a kind of a mainstream publication or at least than you could do it then because uh, and after after I did this after I wrote it maybe three or four times. And um, in Business Week, the editor said to me, you know, I, I think we've had enough about, you know, about um, raw milk because, uh, you know, that's not really a, 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 an issue that concerns a lot of business people. And um, so I kind of did more. I, I, I continued doing stuff for Business Week, but I did. They didn't want to hear about that. So I just kept writing about it on my blog and. Um, uh, anyway, it, it 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 turned out it was a bigger issue than um, than I realized at the time. Just because it it the the the, the whole I mean the, the, these cases in Michigan and Ohio turned out to be pretty significant cases. They involved the FDA. They involved um, in in Michigan. It beca- you know the uh, uh, the local district attorney was got involved in trying to figure out whether to file felony charges or. You know, I mean, and then, um, and then it, it, 
so I, I was here. I was calling a prosecutor in Michigan, you know, kind of every few weeks and say, what are you, what are you going to do with this? Because uh, I interviewed the farmer and it was, you know, he was supplying he was supplying some hundreds of people with milk in Ann Arbor. And, um, uh, you know, oh, and the other thing, when the, the farmer in Ohio who was arrested, he was he was um, actually from Kentucky and he was in, in Ohio and they had, I found out that when he was arrested, I mean, this was like a, a, a you know, a, a drug raid. I mean, the way they handled it, you know, they, they he, he went in to a parking lot in Cincinnati to deliver milk. And um, uh, all of a sudden he's, he's unloading his truck and all of a sudden like 10 police cars pull up and, uh, you know, there, there are guys from the FDA and, and the, you know, state, Ohio state police. And the, I mean, it's just like crazy. And it was so stressful for him. I mean, he, he had, he had a, uh, he, he had a physical meltdown. His, his blood pressure went up and he fainted. I mean, and they had to call an ambulance and, you know, and it was just a big mess. So um, uh, anyway, that whole thing, stuff in, uh, and then there was uh, right around the same time, there was a a case of uh, um, uh, several children in California becoming ill from raw milk. And, um, and I started tracking that down. And that was those people, those kids were pretty sick. And so, all right. I mean, I can see, now I could see, you know, that this stuff, I mean, milk can be risky and uh, raw milk can be risky. Actually, pasteurized milk can be risky too. But um, so that, you know, so now California is involved. And then there are other cases started coming up in, um, uh, in, in um, uh Elsewhere in in Ohio and in Pennsylvania, there they, there were police arresting uh, um, Amish farmers, and uh, you know the whole thing just kind of was kind of getting out of hand. Um, and I was it's becoming a full time job for me to just kind of uh, follow this stuff. Uh, so anyway, so a long answer to your question. It it, um, it it's something that that seemed like way out, like you said, way you know, kind of on the fringes. Uh, was becoming a big thing, and it really even even after all these you know and it, other you know so all these cases are coming up, and which looked to me like mostly like there was kind of heavy-handed regulatory actions. I mean, they just they didn't have to um, uh, you know be as um, uh, you know even if they're they're regulating dairies. I mean. The, the the guy in Michigan and the guy in in uh, in Ohio, they hadn't. They, there were no there were no illnesses. There was nothing, uh, um, at least that uh, I think in Ohio there might have been some complaint of a possible illness, but I don't think that ever even turned into anything. So uh, there was, uh, you know, what was happening was the, the regulators were just trying to. There was a, 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 a growing demand out there, obviously, for raw dairy, and the regulars were trying to keep it, um, uh, you know, in, in hand. And um, and it, it was and it was really the result. The reason they were doing that was was based on really um, a lot of history, where uh, raw milk had in the late 1800s, early 1900s, caused a lot of illnesses. And then there had been all kinds of 
limitations and regulations on raw milk and uh, a push toward pasteurized milk, which had pretty much taken hold. Uh, but um, uh, in this kind of larger interest, uh, growing national interest in good food, which I was part of, um, raw milk had kind of become a, a food of choice for many people. And so you had this kind of clash of uh, kind of old uh, uh, traditional regulation against kind of uh, uh, reinvigorated interest in, in raw milk. Because, you know, there was a time not that long ago when most people drank unpasteurized milk. And so... Um, and it, it was generally thought to be pretty healthy. Um, and there, there, in, in fact, when um, uh, people got uh, even things, you know, early in the uh, 1900s, when they got things like tuberculosis, they sometimes went to sanitariums and um, were, were fed a, a raw milk diet. Um, so to, to, because it, 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 it uh, was, you know, healing kind of a um, food. So anyway, that, that's kind of a, uh, you know, a long, long answer to your question. That's a great overview. And it's absolutely fascinating to think that our police force is going after small farms for providing healthy and healing food for the most part. Of course, there's a, a amount, there's an amount of risk there. But if you were to compare that risk to the salad at the grocery store, it pales like salad is causing way more deaths and illnesses than raw milk and to think that not even a hundred around a hundred years ago in the you know the turn of the century raw milk was used as medicine it's been a powerfully healing food for a long time and then as you as you mentioned in the you know, turn of the century cows were being brought into cities and and they're being fed distillery grains from from alcohol producing factories and they're you know creating this slop milk that was making people sick and it was it was more a result of the conditions that the cows were raised in. It wasn't the raw milk itself. It was the fact that the, these cows were raised in such horrid conditions, which is still somewhat present today. But the solution was not, let's raise the cow in a better condition. It was, you know, let's pasteurize the milk. And I think they probably didn't know it removed a lot of the benefits at the time. But now we're starting to sort of return this knowledge that the raw milk has so many more nutrients and enzymes. Yeah, I mean, I think you know which part of you know, what you describe is is correct to a point, but the other part, which I think you're you're maybe um, glossing over a little bit, of the reason there was uh, this kind of slop uh, and and uh, and uh, tainted raw milk, um, the, you know, that uh, was because um, there there were you know people were moving to the city and far there were kind of farmers and you know, other hustler uh, hustlers. I don't want to say farmers or I mean just farmers and hustlers who were trying to feed, f- fulfill this demand for milk. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of there was some greed involved there. You know, they were they were um, uh, you know they, this you know so what if the if the if the cows were emaciated uh, and so what if uh, you know the, the 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 milk coming out of the cows looked blue and because it there just wasn't the cows weren't getting enough nutrition. Um, they just, uh, they needed, they were trying to fulfill demand and, uh, and get as much money as they could. And so there was a, there was a, um, you know, kind of, a, um, a, uh, uh, kind of, a, you know, 
an unfortunate, um, uh, you know, greed element to this, um, to, to, to what was going on. They Sure, they didn't fully understand the connection between, um, you know, uh, pathogens and, um, and people getting sick, but uh, they, they kind of, they knew enough that, um, that they weren't selling necessarily the best product. And so there was, uh, you know, cutting corners and, you know, all the kind of stuff that, that, that business people get into when, um, when demand is, is so great. And I'm, I'm sure we could even bring this forward to today. There's, there's so much greed and especially in our food system, it plays out in such a destructive way for us, the people where we're unable to access good quality food a lot of the time. And I, you know, it's interesting. I, I wasn't even really aware of this whole conversation, raw milk versus pasteurized milk until I was in my early thirties. And I came across raw milk just through the internet and started to drink it. And it, completely re-enabled or enabled me to be able to consume all kinds of dairy, just, you know, easily being able to digest it. And it's been such an amazing improvement in my quality of life, being able to access all the nutrition and the just beautiful deliciousness that is cheese and ice cream and and milk and yogurt. And it's just been splendid. So I, I would love to be able to, you know, share this for more people to access this elevation and quality of life. And raw milk has, has been such an amazing part of that. And it, this is playing out collectively as well. Google searches for raw milk have increased 100% over the past year. So they've doubled and it's really beginning to become a, a trending part of our culture uh, due to this exact reason. It's just such a powerful force of nature. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, part of the, and the part of the reason that we, we don't know more about um, you know, like uh, allergies and uh, to to uh, to dairy um, is because and and the actual the actual health benefits of uh, raw dairy. I mean, um, and you know whether raw dairy really does help uh, uh, help the immune system is there's been a uh, in the in this transition to kind of factory food and this um, hostility to to uh, uh, raw dairy, there has been a clampdown on research for um, uh, to to examine the benefits or the or of, of raw milk. So um, you know when you when you talk to the you know the FDA and the CDC, they they have all kinds of research studies about you know uh, the risks of raw milk and and um, you know pathogens being found in raw milk. But they don't really. They won't. Uh, you know, academics can't get funding to do um, the other the research to research the other side of raw dairy, the possible benefits. So that research um, has been really confined to Europe, where they have more of a tradition of raw milk, and they've come up with some interesting findings over there. Um, uh, for instance, that um, uh, kid, among children, especially. Who you know have a, a raw dairy, a raw milk diet um, early on uh, seem to be uh, have more resistance uh, or le- less inclination to allergies, for example, and um, and, and so that's. Uh, but you know, it'd be, be nice if we could get some some of that research done here, and also if we could get recognition of that research. So much hostility to raw milk in the 
public health community that they even they don't even want to take seriously the research that's come out of Europe. So they think they all they well, they spend their time trying to find holes in the research rather than um, uh, say how can we build on that. What do you think that is the hostility against it that you've observed? I, I think that's a, a direct result of um, this new industry that 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 kind of uh, sprang up in, in as uh, 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 you know raw milk fell into disfavor and pasteurized milk became the kind of the, the, the um, dairy of choice uh, for um, the regulators um, and the public health community. Uh, they, so you had a, 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 a huge industry build up over processing raw milk, past, basically pasteurizing it, but also homogenizing it. And so that became um, uh, a multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, still is, but it's it's in decline. Um, but it it became dominated by a few large corporations, and um, and so uh, they didn't want to see. Uh, they they or let me just put it this way: they 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 took uh, raw milk as a threat, a potential threat to the new industry that they had built up. So it was, it's a kind of a classic, um, you know, protect the uh, protect the. Uh, existing industry and don't, um, you know, don't, don't let the, uh, upstarts get a foothold. Yeah. Yeah. That it does seem like the big, big business has had quite a, quite a heavy it, hand. It, it is. And it, it, yeah, it is. It's, I mean, I, you know, it actually has other ramifications, even aside from, you know, how research is done. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, kind of made it um, uh, more convenient and more attractive for farmers to be in the um, pasteurized milk business than to be in the uh, raw dairy business. And so, um, and you, you and, but so what, but part of what happened as part of, you know, this uh, um, concentration of, um, you know, big processing dairies is that um, uh, they, uh, they, 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 um, uh, you know, they didn't want to have uh, competition. And also they uh, became a, a kind of a, a guaranteed, uh, an easy way for the for farmer, dairy farmers to sell their product. So uh, rather than uh, have to figure out how you're going to get, your raw milk to people and when there are all kinds of regulations against it, um, you just, it, it's, it's much easier to say, Hey, we'll go with the, the, the we'll, 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 we'll sign a contract with a big, um, uh, you know, um, processor and let them get them, uh, pick up the milk uh, twice a week and a big uh, dairy truck and um, send us a check. And that's all we have to do. Well, What's ha- of course, what happens in that system is eventually the uh, processors uh, want to ke- keep more and more of the uh, profits for themselves and pay less and less to the to the dairy farmers for the product, and so the, uh, they they basically put a squeeze on the farmers, and so that, it's, and that's that's and what you've seen over the last forty years is uh, fewer and fewer dairy farms. Uh, and they, uh, because they can't afford to uh, continue 
producing processed milk, and they and they've been scared from producing uh, and selling raw milk uh, because they, 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 they all they hear about is um, people getting sick and and how how uh, and how they'll get sued if they do sell raw milk and somebody gets sick. So they don't want to. They don't want to get near raw milk, so they just basically are forced more and more out of business. And uh, it's it, and, and and I mean there are all these stories and about dairy farmers, you know, not only selling out to developers, but even committing suicide because they can't pay their bills. So it's 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 been a big you know the the whole thing has been a uh, um, been a big mess. I mean the, the 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 good news is that you say you you have more options for buying raw milk. Um, uh, of course, you, you live in one of the, you, you have, um, you live in one of the, I think it's about a dozen states that allow you to buy raw milk retail. Uh, so that's, that, uh, but, you know, things have changed so that um, it's possible to get raw milk, um, even in places where it's not available retail, you can, um, you can go, go out to a farm and, and buy it uh, legally, or you can join a, a um a group of other people in a herd share or a cow share and uh, get it delivered direct from a local farm. It's a little more work, um, a little more effort, but uh, uh, those, those uh, mechanisms have come together over the last um, uh, 10 or 12 years. And I like to think partly because of the, uh, uh, the, you know, the work I did in writing about it, uh, you know, beginning, uh, 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 15 years ago. It's absolutely awesome. Yeah, you were, you'd noticed as your journalistic instincts must have just kicked in to say, hey, there's something happening here. Why are raw milk farmers being treated like drug dealers that, you know, the, they're being raided and, and being attacked? And it, it is interesting to say, hey, there's a corollary here between like raw milk and marijuana. State by state, it's different. And like, there's probably no hope of a national, you know, legalization of either, but every state can sort of take some you know, action to change the way the availability of these things as they see fit. And it's, it's quite bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. When, when you reflect on some of the potential healing benefits of, of raw milk, I know most of the research has been done in Europe. What, what do you think is going on there between the, the raw milk, the pasteurization and the healing benefits that some are, some are observing through consuming maybe a raw milk only fast or just adding it to the diets of, of, of young folks as they're growing up? Well, I think um, my, I mean, uh, kind of the the, the the generally accepted um, uh, theory, or and, and and backed by by a certain amount of research, is that there are uh, a, a good number of beneficial bacteria in raw raw milk, and uh, the and and you know we we've learned over the last. 12, 15 years as well, that uh, a lot of our health uh, is, is based on what happens in our gut and our gut bacteria. And so um, our, the microbiome is how it's referred to. And uh, um, so, you know, um, uh, that, that's uh, uh, been a, I think that's probably the big thing um, and so, the, and, and those, the, 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 those good bacteria are present in raw milk. They're really present 
in uh, uh, to a large extent in um, kefir, and then also in in raw milk cheese. Uh, it depends how much it's been heated. But the pasteurization, the heating of, of raw milk, um, kills off a lot of those uh, good bacteria. So um, with pasteurized milk, you're not getting as many of the of the good bacteria that you get in um, unpasteurized milk, and that that seems to be a big part of what's at play. And is I, I've hear, heard some debate about the the enzymes, which I guess potentially could be another microbial yeah. sort of factor yeah. at oh. play. But they're also also very sensitive to heat, and so when you when you pasteurize the milk. Uh, you you lose some of those enzymes. And within the realm of the the risk at play, what what do you what have you seen contribute to that higher risk? Like why why would some farms maybe be you know what would be some red flags at certain farms that people would want to maybe not get raw milk from versus places where they would feel perfectly comfortable and safe acquiring raw milk from from based on you know the risks at play with making raw milk potentially dangerous. Um, for one of, one of the things that turns out, um, that happens in, in dairy farming, uh, if, and if you're a traditional dairy farmer and you're just selling your milk to the processor to, to pasteurize it, um, is that basically you have, um, uh, there's a lot more, you have a lot more leeway with regard to cleanliness. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. You would think that, uh, farmers would be kind of wanting to keep their dairies clean and, and regardless of what happens, but you know, it's, it's, it, it takes more effort to keep your dairy really super clean, uh, than, it, than to just kind of let, let certain things go. And so, but when you're selling milk for, for processing, uh, you have a certain amount of leeway because, the milk is going to be zapped. It's going to be heated. And, uh, and so if there are any bad, uh, bacteria, any pathogens, uh, in the milk, they're going to, they'll, they'll get, um, you know, uh, obliterated by the uh, pasteurization. So, um, and in fact, I, 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 one of the things I, I learned early on in writing about this is that if you, um, uh, you, you know, uh, yeah. There are studies that show that um, uh, milk that's going to be pasteurized is has has more kind of pathogen, uh, uh, more more pathogens than uh, say raw milk coming from a farm that's just going to just selling it uh, uh, unpasteurized because those the, the 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 dairy farms the raw dairy farms the exclusive uh, raw dairy farms. Uh, are inclined to keep their their uh, farms cleaner. Um, uh, that's kind of a generalization, but that's kind of that 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 seems to be what's involved. So, in answer to your question, the um, one one kind of red flag is if you're going to buy milk from a dairy that also sells it to uh, you know to the processors, you want to kind of know what they're doing to make sure that the raw milk is really um, produced under a very, um, clean conditions, uh, because, uh, uh, that, 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 that milk can be a problem. And in fact, there have been, uh, uh, illnesses, uh, from 
dairies that um, kind of try to try to work both sides of the uh, of the market here. And that would that would link in tie in perfectly with your business background, understanding the incentives at play. Where if a, if a dairy is going to be sending their milk to be zapped and pasteurized, there's very little incentive for them to put in the extra work to make it clean. But if if they know it's going to be sold raw, if they know their livelihood and their entire farm depends upon this milk being clean and and raw, then they're going to have a much higher incentive to keep it clean. And and that this incentive misalignment seems to be maybe one of the you know, the root causes of, of a lot of the, the dairy sort of uh, chaos that we're seeing between raw and pasteurized and, and quality um, that is available to the, to the average milk drinker, dairy, dairy enjoyer out there. Yeah, uh, that, that, that certainly is one. Um, the other, uh, but even, even if you're uh, just exclusively producing raw milk, you still have to um, be pretty careful and uh, because there have been uh, illnesses associated with with those uh, raw dairy producers. So uh, one of the things that's happened over the years is there's been um, the establishment of a uh, really a, an industry watchdog, as it were. It's called the Raw Milk Institute. And uh, it was actually started uh, by a, 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 a raw dairy farmer in California, Mark McAfee. Um, who sells a lot of the raw milk in, in, in California, but he, he took it on himself after he had some, he had some outbreaks of illness and um, uh, other, other, you know, farmers had it. He established this raw milk Institute, which established has now he establishes guidelines and standards for producing raw milk. But um, uh, uh, they, they really get involved in helping farmers, uh, um, do on-farm testing to monitor their milk and make sure that there are uh, no pathogens in the milk or there are no, uh, what are, are, are kind of, there's, there are no, uh, not a, not a high, high number of, of, uh, path of, uh, bacteria that signify pathogens could be in the raw milk. It gets kind of involved, uh, in terms of the uh, whole, you know, bacteria counts and all that. Uh, but, um, you know, he, so a lot of, so this is a membership organization and I, I forget how many, um, members, member farms are on, um, uh, are, are involved. I'm going to say maybe 30 or 40 around the country, but, um, but other farms, which may not be members yet, but are in the process of, of kind of getting their, their, their act together, um, are, 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 are you kind of playing by their standards and and so there are a lot of a growing number of dairy, raw dairy farms which are um, aware of these uh, uh, these kind of you know standards and techniques and uh, yeah, buying equipment to to establish the testing on farm testing so it's uh, that all of that has helped but that's if you, you in answer to your question about you know red flags I mean there's also there's the red flag I mentioned with uh, you know farmers who maybe are trying to do, you know, mainly sell, you know, processed milk, but also you know, sell raw milk on the side. But then, uh, but even if, um, if you have a farm that's just selling raw milk exclusively, that's a good question to ask, hey, where, where do you stand with the Raw Milk Institute? Uh, are, you, are you aware of their uh, standards? Uh, are you, do, do you do any on-farm testing? Um, 
And if they say, what, what's, I never heard of that, um, that, you know, you may want to, um, uh, uh, I mean, you can ask further about it if they've had any issues with safety. I mean, some of them won't want to talk about it, you know, but, um, uh, uh, but anyway, it's, um, and I think you can also, um, uh, if you really want to get serious about it, you can go to your Department of Agriculture and check if, if there have been any uh, um, regulator shutdowns, for instance, or any uh, or, uh, of the farm. Because sometimes what will happen is they'll shut a farm down uh, if they find uh, listeria or E. coli 0157A7. They'll, they'll, they'll shut a farm down for a week or two, uh, give the farmer a chance to kind of get things under control, and then they'll... Um, uh, you know, they'll allow it to open it back up again. Wow. Those are great tips. Thank you for, for sharing those. And it's, it is, it is fascinating being in California where it's, I can buy it on the shelf next to the cheese and the yogurt. It's, it's just there for sale and in small stores. Meanwhile, I know I've, I've been to Oregon where you had to have a herd share, which you, you mentioned earlier, very cool sort of workaround where you can't buy raw milk there. But if you own a cow, you can have the raw milk. So the herd share essentially gives you a part of a cow, you know, a share within yeah, this cow yeah. on someone else's farm, and then it entitles you to some of the milk in a way. Yeah, yeah but you have to work a little harder to get the milk. Um, I mean, I belong to a uh, food club in Massachusetts where I'm located. And um, uh, we get raw milk delivered to a, uh, to a, to a private home uh, every few weeks. Um, but I have to travel, you know, it's about 25 minutes, half an hour away from me. I have to travel there. And, and, and even before that, I have to enter my order and, you know, it's a little bit more work. You go to this, you go to the grocery store and you pick it right off the shelf. That's, uh, that's, that's the easiest thing, but, you know, um, but, you know, I buy other food from them as well, from this food club as well. And, I mean, the thing, I, I know I'm getting good, really good food. Uh, so that's the incentive. Yeah. And I, I imagine your your milk is also higher quality, even though there's a bit more work to get there. I know with the, the quantity, that with the scale of the milk being delivered at, at California, I imagine the quality has potentially gone down. I, you mentioned Mark McAfee. He runs the largest dairy in really the world here in California, raw farms. They have about 800 cows that they milk twice a day. And, and that's, you know, that's a massive operation to be, you know, happening. I don't, there's nothing like that in any other state and in other places. It's probably like a small herd that is being tended more, more, you know, at, at, in a smaller scale way, which, you know, there's, there's definitely some, some pros and cons there. Yeah, there is, there are, there are, and um, you know, Mark would tell you that it, uh, <laughs> it, 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 he's getting all the advantages. But no, I I, I, I agree with you, and uh, um, I mean, I you know, you, you can talk about um, you know, uh, you know, like which kind, which cow, which breed of cows produces milk with uh, more cream, and uh, uh, you know, you can go pretty deep into this stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think there are some advantages from getting it, uh, from say a, a small herd, um, you know, where, where, and then there might be a breed that uh, produces, um, you know, higher cream content, Yeah, because that, that, that seems to be, you know, it's, it, uh, the, the good bacteria are, are helpful, but also the good fat is also uh, thought to be beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially for, 
I think there, there's probably a genetic component to the helpfulness of, of milk. I know that a, a lot of people of Caucasian descendant were probably much more linked with animal husbandry and, and had a symbiosis with, with dairy operations. And we see this in traditional culture. That's how we, that's how we know this. We can look back and, and see that the, a lot of the northern cultures had a, had a symbiotic relationship with the cow. But you can also look at hunter-gatherer tribes like the Hadza that are still living off milk and, and blood is, is like primarily what they consume. That's all they consume. And they're vibrantly healthy. And I think most people would have their minds blown to know that they're traditional cultures who are just drinking you know, milk and blood and are amazingly healthy, especially in today's age where milk is often demonized as, as an unhealthy food. And I think a large part of that is the conditions that they're grown in and the pasteurization that we've talked about. Yeah. Well, there's also the, the issue of um, that that gets discussed here and there is, is of cholesterol. And, um, you know, I've got, I personally have gone through that, uh, whole, uh, issue, uh, you know, kind of, I, I and I've come, come to the conclusion that, um, you know, so I mean, just to, just to break it down real quickly, there, 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 are, there are, uh, many, you know, uh, healthy food advocates who say that cholesterol is not a, really an issue uh, in terms of heart health. And, um, but there is a lot of really compelling data that uh, high cholesterol levels uh, can, can really in, uh, lead to uh, heart issues. And uh, so, I mean, just personally, I, I've gone through this uh, because I have a high, high cholesterol and, and when I've, um, so, and when I drink raw milk, it goes up even higher. And so, um, uh, and so the question, I told my question, well, maybe, so even if it goes up higher, what difference does it make? Well, it turns out it does make a difference. At least I, the, uh, my view, my reading of the evidence after, after looking at it for a long time, talking with doctors and, and, uh, other scientists and is that it, it, if you're, you know, if you have a kind of a genetic inclination toward uh, high cholesterol that can't be a problem i mean i have i have there are all kinds of of, of cases of of heart uh, disease in my family uh, because of this genetic inclination and and it's it's got to be the cholesterol um that's uh that's driving it so because it, it, it it's it's pretty pretty widespread in the family so um uh, but you know now, and now you're getting down, going down to kind of a, <laughs> another rabbit hole here, as it were. Um, you know. Yeah, and there's there's so many. What I love about raw milk is it seems to be almost like a nexus point where there are so many rabbit holes branching off of it. There's the health component. There's the food sovereignty component. There's the yeah. there's the whole animal agriculture component, and it's it's such an amazing part of our culture. Well, I and mean, even beyond that, I think it's 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 had a political. Uh, uh, component. I mean, people who you know kind of see the the, the regulatory crackdown on raw milk uh, as not an isolated um, uh, circumstance, but rather part of a the the, the tendency toward conspiracy in our whole uh, system, and that uh, so raw milk is just one aspect of all the conspiracies that um, uh, all the the you know efforts to you know. Um, uh, to impede our health by, um, you know, the powers that be, um, and, uh, 
you know, you start people start getting into, you know, the UN taking over, you know, uh, world government and all this kind of stuff. And it's actually one of the reasons I, 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 I kind of pulled away from, uh, moved away from writing about it as much as I did, uh, because uh, people on my blog were getting really, a lot of them were getting really crazy about the conspiracies. And uh, uh, they didn't want to talk about milk. <laughs> All I want to talk about is the latest, you know, conspiracy that uh, political conspiracy. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy in the internet. I mean, for whatever reason, the internet has gone kind of crazy about raw milk recently. I think because of this, because it, you know, it gets a lot of attention and clicks and like comments. And so that you yeah, know, the, yeah, the viral yeah. component of it. One example, I mean, it, so uh, there's a, 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 an Amish farmer uh, in Pennsylvania uh, Amos Miller is his name. He's been selling raw milk for, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say 20, 25 years. And he, he, he sells it to food clubs around the country. Uh, and he's a very good man. I, 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 I know him pretty well. Um, uh, actually stayed at his house, uh, once, um, and I've been down there a few times. Um, but you know, um, he got into trouble with the, uh, he got, he's been in trouble with the FDA, but he, over the last five or eight years, he's been in trouble with the USDA, U.S. Department of Agriculture, over his meat. And he insists on, on uh, he sells uh, um, uh, meat as well, you know, as well as milk. And so he sells, but he, he insists on, on um, having his uh, animals slaughtered on his, on the, his farm. And um, and the F, uh, the USDA wants him to have his his animals slaughtered at a, a USDA approved facility where they have and are inspecting it, and so he's resisted that, and they've hauled him. I mean, they they they've um, basically forced him to stop selling meat, um, but he, they have him in in federal court, and he's been fighting them. It's gone on for years years now. I I can't even keep it's so many twists and turns. It's hard, but. Um, he, uh, but where I was going with this was, uh, I, I think, you know, I think basically, um, it's a, it's a matter of, uh, you know, Amos has made a decision that he doesn't, he doesn't want his, his animals and the meat subjected to some of the, some of the, uh, acids that are used to clean the meat, um, that the USDA re- requires and that we, it's used in all the meat practically that we are consuming. When you buy meat at a, at a supermarket, whether even if it's organic, and uh, it's going to have gone through this uh, kind of USDA-approved process, and I don't think it's—I don't think it's a big deal. But Amos does, and some of his members think it's a big deal, and that it—they um, don't want to consume, you know, anything that's that uh, that has any of these cleaning agents. So, um, but what where what what I was. Uh, uh, so he, his farm has been raided a couple of times, nothing in the last few years. And uh, all of a sudden, last, um, I think it was last spring, there was a report on uh, one of the Fox News programs that um, uh, Amos's farm had been raided. And um, uh, he, uh, and, and so, and it, it got, like you say, it got a lot of, you know, it started going viral and all over the internet. And so I called Amos and I said, Amos, they're saying, have you been raided recently? He said, no, nothing's happened. And um, I said, they haven't been to your farm? Like, he said, not, not in the last 
I don't know if I can say last six months or a year or whatever. And um, so this was a uh, this was a phony report, um, but it was used to to generate all kinds of hysteria. And um, uh, so anyway, I just uh, and it's still I still see reports of it, and I still get asked about it um, in interviews and so forth. You know Joe Salatin as as well, and he you know he calls the USDA the US duh, and it, it right. is, a lot of these regulations are just causing you know some serious. It, it's a it really seems like an overreach in a lot of ways. Where you know we want food sovereignty, we want to be you know have the freedom to get food that is going to support our health and and not make us sick. And and now we see you know more than half of our population suffering from being overweight or obese or having depression and all these chronic ailments, as, as we both know, is, is very closely linked to, to the food that we're able to consume or, or being willing to consume and, and have available. And it's, it's just so sad to see so much suffering come as a result of this, this really strong overreach by, by big businesses and government that are just kind of pushing the people out of their ability to access these good quality healing foods. Yeah, well, I would. I mean, I think that that food can be a factor. Um, I think you know when when you, when you talk about uh, uh, certainly depression. I mean, that, that's. Uh, um, I think there are probably other factors that that fit in there, and you really have to be a little more specific um, about uh, uh, you know what 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 you're, what you're saying in in terms of the role of food. Absolutely. Food food just plays one part. I know a, a big one that I, I spoke with. Are you familiar with Clint Ober? No. He's been studying earthing and, and grounding for, for three decades now. I know this is a little bit of a, a pivot, but he's he recently turned 80 and he's trying to share the, the power of the electromagnetic energy of the earth. And when we started wearing plastic sold shoes back in the 60s, it disconnected us from this electromagnetic energy. And there's so much emerging research as to the way that it brings down inflammation and increases our heart rate variability. And it's, it's absolutely amazing to consider. And this sort of reawakening, this revolution that you outlined with one specific point with raw milk, the raw milk revolution, this return to more traditional ways that we're able to access health and wellness. And it's, it's just an amazing time to be alive. And I think a lot of people maybe lose sight of that amidst some of these more I guess you could say tyrannical restrictions that are being imposed. I think we do have a lot of power as people to change things and to vote with our dollars and to make the world a, a more beautiful place. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you made, re- you, you, you may refer to one word, which was really important here, which we hadn't talked about. And that's the role of inflammation. Um, that is, seems to be, you know, along with the uh, kind of uh, the microbiome, is a, a big factor in health. And uh, raw milk and raw dairy seem to uh, help in reducing inflammation. And, and to the extent you can keep inflammation at bay, you really help your health a great deal. Do you think every state should be like California, where it's available in the in the grocery store for, for consumers to buy if they choose to do so? Um, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, uh, I'm not sure that producers are um, uh, equipped to, uh, to to ramp up uh, that 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 well. I mean, I, I think I guess as a matter of principle, I think it should be because I think that um, we have the tools to produce safe raw milk, and um, 
uh, so long as people understand that it, it is it, there is no matter how much kind of uh, safe practices you have, there is still some risk. And uh, I think where you, where you get into where, where, uh, just a uh, little bit of a tangent here, but uh, where you get into one of the big underlying issues with raw dairy is uh, uh, children getting sick. And um, uh, that's been um, that's kind of and if you talk to regulators, that's where they really well, we're really protecting the children. And uh, uh, and that, that, that that's an issue because when kids get sick from some of these pathogens in particular, the E. coli 0157H7, that can make kids sicker than adults and uh, uh, lead to uh, shutdown of their kidneys and all that kind of thing. So um, uh, there, there are issues around, um, you know, uh, m- making uh, raw milk available to children. And uh, But I, as a matter of principle, yeah, I think uh, I think it should be available uh, at retail. Um and I think in some and probably a number of states that pr- that would have to be a kind of an ongoing process because just because producers aren't aren't kind of re- ready for it. I mean, Mark's Mark is really Mark McAfee in California has really done a, a good job of, uh, of kind of gearing up over the years. Um, but uh, I mean, states, other states that do it, like Maine and Connecticut, they um, they have it available and they don't have any huge problems. So um uh, you know, I, I think it's a reasonable thing to do. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I agree. That would be the, you know, more beautiful world that we could envision would be, and of course, it'll take some time for, for farms to ramp up to that. But I think if we move in that direction, it would be great. And in the meanwhile, I know there are different forms of pasteurization that are available, some better than others. Is that is that true as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, this kind of standard pasteurization that we've known since, you know, Early in the 20th century, is 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 um, is kind of the the standard. But what's happened, and um, we have something called ultra high temperature pasteurization. I think that's the term that's used. And basically, the milk is heated longer and at higher temperature. And um, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm convinced that that is uh, bad stuff. Or let me put it this way: it's it's not necessarily unhealthy, uh, but uh, they, they, it's, it's kind of like, um, oh, I, I refer to it, uh, when, you know, like family members, I, I see that they have some, you know, ultra high temperature pasteurized milk. I, I, I refer to them as, as like white water and you're paying, uh, you know, $4 or $5 or $6 a gallon for, you know, uh, it's not even, uh, you know, like high quality spring water where you might, where you might <laughs> you know, like bottled water where you might spend more. Uh, so, uh, you know, um, it really, so people, I think it's, it's, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, uh, negative or, uh, because people think they're getting, you know, uh, uh, a, um, safe and, uh, nutritious product. And they really, maybe it's safe because it's been zapped so high, but, um, it, it's not nutritious. And so it's kind of, the, the, the good stuff has been, you know, basically heated out of it. And I guess the, the, the best form would be something more like a, a low temp pasteurization where it's low. And if, slow uh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if you can get it, you know, low temperature pasteurization and maybe without homogenization. So, uh, so you get the, uh, you, you have the cream and you, you can take the cream out or you can shake it up and keep the cream 
in, into it. I mean, one of the things that um, always has amazed me is how even like, if you buy whole milk that's pasteurized in the grocery store, you're not getting what directly what came out of the cow because you, what you're getting, if you look at the label, it'll say, I think, up to 4% of uh, milk fat. Um, r- raw milk, straight from the cow, is usually 5 6 7% milk fat. So what, what happens is the processors skim the fat out of the, off the milk or take it out of the milk they, and use it to make butter and ice cream, at which they make more money off of. But um, when you buy low-fat milk with 1% or 2% fat, you're just, you know, um, basically uh, buying a depleted uh, product that, um, uh, that the, the, the processors are, are just making a higher profit margin off of because they've been able to, you know, take, take the good stuff out and use it in other products. It is, it is so amazing and wonderful to think that we have this one thing called milk and then it turns into so many amazing end products like cheese, ice cream, kefir, like you mentioned, butter. And they're just like some of the best things within our cuisine. They just always make a meal very delightful. And, and to yeah, think that, yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this, it's just this amazing source of, of, of health and of you know, euphoria and, and, and wonder and, and splendor of this, this beautiful cow. And, and it gives us this raw milk. And, and a lot of times it's, it's sort of taken advantage of by, by, by these, you know, businesses and, and operators. And it's a little unfortunate, but I've, I've deeply appreciated learning more from you about how we can access more of the, the raw, you know, source milk and, and how this has shaped our, our culture over the, you know, the recent, over the recent years, even going back a hundred years and, and to think that we can go, you know, a full revolution, a raw milk revolution and, and embrace yeah, more of this. Yeah. Health. It's, it's, <laughs> it's been great. I uh, really appreciate the work that you do and, and the wisdom that you've shared with me today. It was, uh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, good. I've enjoyed it as well. Appreciate it. Appreciate the good questions. Absolutely. Are there any sort of last uh, thoughts or, or messages that you'd like to share with, with everyone listening? Yeah. I, I mean, the, 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 there's, there's a, a lot to learn from, um, from milk and uh, uh, actually, I think my, my next area of, of uh, exploration, <laughs> I always wanted to, to, to do more with eggs. And uh, so I, I may, uh, uh, I, I find uh, eggs and the variations in eggs and where they come from and um, the, their nutrition nutritional quality uh, be really fascinating. So maybe another time we'll talk about that. Beautiful. <laughs> Very much looking forward to it. And, and and for everyone listening, I'll have links to get every one of David's books down below. He goes into much greater depth and detail on, on the everything. They're great, very fascinating. And yeah, David Gumpert, thank you very much. My pleasure. <laughs>